Oklahoma. Uh, I, I talked to Barry Trammell, who's the local columnist out there, the other day, and, and I do not get a good vibe about this program. There, there just seems to be some uh, concern that in the aftermath of Lincoln Riley, they can put the pieces back together again quickly. That. That did tremendous damage. Not only did Lincoln leave and take Caleb Williams with them, it also uh, took a lot of other players out of there, and, 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 and there is no one who is convinced that the Brent Venables hire uh, is going to work. Uh, there, there's Equally, no one is convinced that it, it's not going to work, and I know that sounds contradictory, but the, the people are just right in the middle. So back to your question, this is a very important season. He needs to get out of uh, you know this morass that the program uh, w- was in last year. You, you, don't, you don't lose by what forty some odd points uh, to Texas and have it go down well. That's a game that matters greatly. Uh, so I, I think there's there's far more emphasis on what Venables does this year, not so much in terms of losing his job because I don't think that would happen after two years, but in, in terms of trajectory and showing up at the SEC with a little bit of momentum. Paul Feinbaum, and yeah, Paul, that is a little bit contradictory. Well, no one there saying it's not going to work, but I don't think anyone there is saying it is going to work. I, that like, that whole take was, I, I, I really didn't hear anything else that was said <laughs> after I heard that. Like, what, what huh? O- of course people have an opinion of how this is going to go down or what the current status of the situation is. I still think the majority of the people think it's going to work out, but to say that OU fans really don't know which way to lean, I think that that couldn't be more wrong, man. Couldn't be more wrong. Yeah, and uh, like, w- what's funny to me is when I saw that come across my Twitter timeline, everybody knew the journalist before they even said who he was talking to. And, you know, I know Barry's been doing this a long time. You know, he's, he's, he's definitely uh, got some good perspective that I, from, you know, frankly don't have. But, I mean, the, to say that nobody is convinced that the hire will work is ludicrous. I mean, the, the idea that, oh, he took more players. Who's he talking about, Tyler? Is he talking about... Uh, I don't. I guess Mario Williams is that who he's talking? To? Who who did, who is he taking past Caleb Williams to cause Paul Feinbaum to say, "Oh, he didn't just take Caleb." Uh, Latrell McCutcheon. I mean, yeah, yeah, he I mean, that, it, it, took it, a lot. And more. that's your like, point, Mario Williams, Latrell McCutcheon. Um, is there anybody else that we're that we're forgetting here? Maybe, maybe right. there's someone else. But yeah, I, no, well, I see. I, I don't. I mean, I guess you could say from a coaching staff perspective, but go ask people in Southern Cal how they're liking their defense right now or how they responded to Lincoln Riley saying that Alex Grinch is our guy moving forward. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Until we're full-fledged members of the SEC, that's just how you're going to have to deal with Feinbaum for a while. And even the lack of context with, well, they lost by 40-some-odd points to Texas. Bro, we were starting a tight end. And now Bevel's taking reps at tight end. We might have had two tight, tight ends yeah. playing <laughs> most of the quarterback snaps. So it's like just people that – and Texas fans too. The the lack of context there is just bewildering. And Yeah. And, but yeah. Yeah, he's I being mean, played locally in Norman today, so I guess he, he, he got what he wanted. Well, I, if he wants to be called a moron by everyone around here, <laughs> right. yes, I don't, that's, that's what's happening here. Like, look, man, if he – 
if he wants to say that, well, we'll see about OU's future in the SEC, there's no guarantee that Brent Venables is going to work out or this program's going to make an immediate splash in the SEC. Like, those are fair things to say. Okay, like, that's, that's very fair. But you're right, he didn't put a whole lot of context to the takes that he had out there. And then he throws out there that the OU fans don't really know how to feel or know how to act about things right now. I, we hear about it on an everyday basis. That couldn't be further from the truth. And not to say that everyone is on board 100% with Brent Venables navigating this program in the SEC and figuring it out. I don't know if 100% of people are there, but everyone at least has an opinion. And he, he kind of made it out to where nobody has an opinion here. That, that's definitely wrong. Right, and I think if you look at the timeline of kind of the mood tracker, if you will, obviously after Texas we were at an all-time low, and especially on Venables, right? I mean, there were there were people, you know, putting out from, you know, journal journalistic-type Twitter accounts that we'd be looking for a coach, you know, this year because he was only going to be a one-and-done guy. We were going to fire him. Like, like, so, you know, we had some emotional takes after Texas, obviously. But I think, Tyler, the – Landing the number four overall class, landing a better class than Lincoln Riley ever did, and actually technically better than Bob Stoops ever did, that has to carry some weight because this is a talent acquisition business. It's about the Jimmys and the Joes. And you've got a guy that's getting better Jimmys and Joes than his predecessors who were successful coaches. So, I don't know. From the 918, cute take there. Can you guys find the clip where Feinbaum said he didn't believe Kirby was the guy after a bad first year when Georgia <laughs> had a 10-win season before he got there? Well, how about when he said that Nick Saban was done winning national championships and then he won one again the very next year? I have, I have a lot of audio at my disposal in the uh, system here in my folder, and I have a bunch of Feinbaum clips. I haven't listened to this one yet, but Travis, it's titled, Fine bomb, Big 12 will dissolve. Let, let's see how this take is aged. Ooh, yeah. It is my opinion that these two are, are moving toward the SEC. From what I've been told, Texas and Oklahoma reached out to the Southeastern Conference. They, they went through back channels through a law firm. And, and I think this thing is pretty far down the road. Uh, you know, why did it come out yesterday it really doesn't matter. I, th- I think there was some, some selective leaking going on by one or two schools, maybe to try to derail it. But once Texas and Oklahoma made the decision they wanted to leave the Big 12, the Big 12 really was done. Oh, well, that's (laughs) – and maybe it wasn't the worst take of all time at that very moment, but the Big 12 is – they're 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 gonna be they're gonna be okay. They won't be SEC or Big Ten level, but they'll they'll be all right. Your mark has impressed me. Uh, There's no doubt. But here's a question for you, Tyler. Who do you think reached out to who? Do you think Trammell reached out to uh, Feinbaum, or do you think Feinbaum just went Feinbaum asked him to be on his show. I think that that's where that comes from. You think that is? Yeah, okay. I, I, well, I, I'm pretty sure Barry was on his show like last week or maybe two weeks ago. I, I think that's where he got it from. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't think Trammell like individually responded to him and said, hey, here's why I think about things. Run with it. Right, and, I, and I'm wondering how much – because, let's be honest, I mean – there are many OU media out there, right? And it just seems interesting that the one that probably has the, the I don't know, maybe most negative perception of, of maybe how some people feel about Brent Venables or maybe how people feel about the future of the program in, in general, um, it's just interesting that he found the one that would, that would rile up the most people. 
What uh, luck? Realtor Chris says no one said it's going to work. No one said it is not going to work. Actually, I don't know if anybody said anything because I haven't talked to anybody, <laughs> Paul F. And, and, yeah, that was my issue with it. Is some were saying, well, actually, he was talking about the 24 season. Well, there are some people that are doubting it. Well, that, that's my point is, like, he almost made it out to – he almost made it out to where OU fans don't know what to think or don't know what side they on. No, I think everyone knows what side they're on right now. Right. And we all want it to work out. Like, we're all hopeful. We think it will. I, I think if you did, like I said, did the mood tracker and just said, hey, do you think Brent Venables will be a successful coach at Oklahoma? I still think the polls would come back extremely favorable towards Brent because I think that's just what people want. Things work out very well if we don't have to start this thing over. Yeah, I think the what, what, what's the what's the biggest reason why the people that feel still feel good about it feel so good about it after a six and seven season? The, the recruiting class, what they've done I there. Th- I think recruiting class, and I think a lot of people are kind of realizing how bare the cupboards were and how reliant we were on Caleb after watching Lincoln be successful with him, but also watching him fail with him in the same ways that he failed at Oklahoma. I think people are ready for a fresh perspective, a fresh approach, and I think people like Todd Bates, um, like Jay Valai, Brandon Hall, like uh, I think they instill a lot of confidence in getting back to the roots of defense. Defense, run the ball. Let's not – let's – Let's kind of strip away the the Texas Tech of the uh, of, of Oklahoma. Let's let's get back to uh, what got us here. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Do you believe enough in VB to bet a year's salary that he is successful? Yeah, Travis. Do you believe enough in VB to bet a year's salary that Brent Venables uh, is a successful hire? Well, it depends v- on the Venables odds. Venables Brent, I guess. Not it VB. Depends on, VB. It depends. It, it it depends on the odds. You know, because. Yeah, I would. I think he's going to be a successful coach. I'd put a year's salary on it. Now, I'll say somebody, uh, if he is, I better uh, get paid up on that. But, yeah, I think, like I said, the recruiting itself, and I know the university is is going to you know, back him. This is not a situation where he's going to be gone after this year no matter what. He's getting three regardless. So, you know, have a good year this year. I think we were very – we were in every game last year except for the two we didn't have Dylan, and we had one-score losses in those where we had our linebackers playing 90 snaps. So you look at that, and you look at, like I said, what do you consider a success, Tyler? If you've got to put something to it, when we look back on it, was Lincoln Riley's you know, tenure here a success? We didn't win a national title. We went to a lot of playoffs, had a lot of Heismans, won a lot of Big 12 championships. Was he a successful coach? Yeah, or are we saying that you have to win a national title? Because I don't think I'd be willing Man, to bet know. has to win a national title because, boy, oh, boy, that's – I mean, that's, I have Yeah, I have no idea what that – like what's the bare minimum for a successful uh, tenure? Um, is it just a bunch of individual awards? Do you have to win a national championship? I mean, has there ever been an OU coach that hasn't won a national championship where we would say they had a successful tenure? Then it goes right back to your Lincoln-Riley question, I guess, right? With that. Yeah, it's right to Lincoln. But I think, I think it, you have to win multiple conference championships. And I think, especially now, I mean, the level of difficulty for Brent has been ratcheted up significantly, seeming as what we think the majority of his coaching tenure is going to be sent in the SEC, while the entirety of Lincoln Riley's coaching uh, was spent in the in the uh, Big 12 that didn't have a powerhouse Nebraska or a powerhouse Texas in it. So it's, you know, I, I, think, I think perspective, I think multiple SEC championships 
or even an SEC championship, given uh, you know how it started, I think people would say, okay, that's that's a, that's a success right there. Yeah, um, he'd be the he could, if he make just makes the national championship game, he'll be the first head coach to do that in over a decade. Right. I don't, exactly. I don't know if that in itself makes it a success or not, but if you win a national championship, um, it 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 would and should be considered a success. Though, oh, well, oh, L- LSU and Auburn have fired for less uh, for coaches that have won a national championship, so it maybe right. it's different somewhere else. And I think with I think with that conversation, as as I mean, the success of course is yeah, you know, win, win or go home, you know, championship or bust, you know, however you want to say that kind of just ultimate. Hey, no, we we win championships here. Absolutely, I agree. But if a guy reels off a couple SEC championships, doesn't win a national title, are you ready to fire him after that? Or are you willing to say, okay, Brent Venables won a couple SEC championships, didn't win a national championship, maybe we played a national championship. Who could we have hired post-Lincoln that would have done that? Like, that would have done better, I guess would be my question. Uh, Patrick says, what are we going to consider a successful season this year? 9-3, and 10-2. and 9-3 and three is not going to do it, Patrick. 9-3. and 10-2 has got to be the floor, 10 right, 10-2 and two is the floor for a successful year. Will not take anything less than 10 wins as a successful season. 9-3 and three would be an improvement. Yes, three-win improvement, but I would not, with this schedule, consider 9-3 and three a successful year. 9-3 and three means, most likely – you lose to Texas once again, and you lose to two other average to below average football teams. That a nine and three season means you probably didn't beat anyone that was any good. And maybe even with the ten and two record, Travis, there's a chance with a ten and two record you don't beat anyone that's any good this year. But that's the floor. That's that's where we start the conversation and go yeah, up from there. Again, and I and I know I beat this drum all the time, Tyler, but I think it's import it is it is extremely important to repeat. You have to look at the schedule. If you looked at last year's USC schedule and you told me, well, they're going to, or if you, if you tried to predict USC's schedule last year and you said, well, they're going to lose to Oregon, well, they didn't play Oregon. So I pretty much automatically disqualified your opinion from it. Just like this year, you have to look at the schedule. And the fact of the matter is, we avoid multiple teams that would give us problems. I believe Tech, Baylor, and Kansas State. You avoid those three. I think if the Big 12 title odds, Tyler, you probably, you, you, I know you've talked about them more than I have, but that's probably three of the top six. Yeah, uh, three you of know, the top it, six it, you're no, avoiding, it, and you it, can't it play is, yourself. It is three of the top six. That's that's right. So three of the top six you avoid, and everything else is pretty favorable. The non-con is extremely favorable because you avoided Georgia because of that change. When looking at that, you. You, you, I don't know how you get anywhere. If, if we lose three games, show me the three games. You have to have momentum going into the SEC. You've got, you cannot be, you cannot have another tough year going to the SEC. I mean, I, you, you can. I just, I'm not going to be super optimistic about your first year in the SEC. You need some momentum. You need some juice, and that means at least a double-digit win season. You got to yeah. get back to winning some of those close games. You got to get back to that positive mojo back in your program. It's it it's a it would be a bad deal if you go into the SEC with a six and seven season and then you backed it up with an eight and four. Not a whole lot of yeah. people feel confident about it. Well, and I'll I'll take it a step further, Tyler. I, I think in order to kind of shift the narrative going into the SEC, a ten and two season, I think that would do it personally but i but i also think it needs to be done with the defense showing massive improvement because if the argument against riley 
was, well, he can't cut in the SEC. The teams aren't tough enough. They don't play enough defense. That they need to go out to the Pac-12. You know this, that, and the other. Like ten and two, but let's see some big time strides with the defense. That way, we can sit here next year at this time, saying, "Hey, look, if there's one thing you can count on, it's that Brent Venables brought defense to Oklahoma." Let's see how we do in the SEC. One more six zero one area code. Please don't ever put me in the position of supporting Paul Feinbaum ever again. But I don't think that was a bad take. Context. There was a distinct lack of fight on the field against Texas. Not having the OU starting quarterback doesn't explain the offense scoring zero points. Have seen plenty of teams fight and play with hearts without the starting quarterback on the field. Not having the starting quarterback does not explain the OU defense giving up 49 points. Well, okay, I, I, I would say this to that. I don't think that you can really fault the fights on the field from the players when the plan from the coaching staff was to essentially put the starting tight end back there and snap it to him every play. Like, I'm not going to fault the personnel way too much for being put in that situation. Well, and also, it's, it's, it's really not the, co- <laughs> it's not the coaching staff's fault that you know, they brought in Dylan, and it's very, hard to, it's very hard to recruit a really good quarterback out of the portal that's guaranteed to be a backup. And Dylan was going to be the starter because they needed to fast-track the offensive install. And then they got Davis Bevel coming in. Nick Evers wasn't ready yet, which it from early – and I don't mean to throw, you know send strays out there or anything uh, out to Camp Randall, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be in the top two of the depth chart and the two deep for Wisconsin either. So it's those guys weren't ready. This year's different because he's got a recruit, right? Like you've got a five-star recruit. If Jackson Arnold's there last year, like if the same thing happens this year and the game before Texas, Dylan Gabriel goes out, I am I'm I'm willing to bet a few years salary that Jackson Arnold can score a point against Texas. I would I mean, it's just a different situation. That dude is nuts. You have no quarterback, it is easy to get beat bad, says a texture in the four oh five. Yeah. I mean it's it's a it's a big ingredient. All right, four oh five, six five one, thirty four, thirty nine. A lot of text, a lot of college football next, right here on the ref. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. The Landers Tire event starts right Selection and affordable pricing on your liquor. Check them out right here on the east side of Norman. One thing that makes Joe's so great is their monthly specials, like this month on Basil Hayden Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Cuervo Authentic Margaritas, or Francis Coppola Wines. So when you're heading out to the lake on the weekend or maybe getting ready to do some outdoor grilling and relaxing, make sure to stop by and see my friends over at Joe's, 1330 East Alameda, and make sure to follow them for their specials on Facebook. Hey, wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to or hit rewind, like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Looking to give your house a spring refresh? Wonder House Design and Consign has just what you're looking for. Wonder House, voted Norman's number one consignment store, is a boutique furniture store. Along with friendly service, they have an expert design team. They have an extensive fabric selection and specialize in upholstery, wallpaper, draperies, and window coverings. Custom bedding and cushions, too. They'll pick up and deliver your furniture. 
Call Wonder House today, 405-701-4048, or visit them at 1284 Interstate Drive in Robinson Crossing. Be sure to follow Wonder House on Instagram and Facebook. It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Keep the text line going, 405-651-3439. And I'm starting to feel really good. I, I guess I have felt good about this, that OU will only be an underdog in one game this year. That does not guarantee an 11-1 or a successful season, as we found out last year, Travis Davidson. But by the early lines, it looks like the Texas game is going to be the only game that OU's a dog in, at least to start the year. DraftKings Sportsbook came out with some early season lines. Texas minus five currently against OU. Uh, OU a six-and-a-half-point favorite at Kansas. OU an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at Oklahoma State. And then OU an eight-point favorite against TCU. So, judging by this, not only will OU be a dog in one game, there's still going to be a decent amount of games where they're a pretty sizable favorite. Yeah, and you wonder, right? Like, Vegas typically knows what they're doing. I mean, I forget what they had our win total at last year, but I'm pretty sure a lot of us were. It had to have been at like 10, right? I don't think it quite got to 10. Nine and a half, maybe? Yeah, nine and a half, eight and a half, something like that, because I know a lot of us were like, man, that feels low. But I'll tell you what, Vegas typically knows what they're doing because they didn't build all those big, shiny buildings because they're dumb. So, you know, I I think – you know, the national perspective, like your your bar stools of the world and everything, they know that they can rile up OU fans very quickly. And they're like, oh, six and seven, six and seven, you know, they're going to do that again next year. And then Venables is going to be out of there. No, I think people can legitimately be very, very logical about it. Five losses by one score. Okay, even if that evens out to the averages, we're much better. Um, you know, no depth in the defense. Okay, they address that through the portal you know, kind of refilling the coffers, if you will, uh, with the recruiting class. Okay, got that. Second year in the system, offense and defense. Okay, got that. There's nothing on paper, Tyler, that you can show me that will convince me that it will be a repeat of last year. Not a single thing. Uh, Texas, by the way, also favored in a ton of games. They are an eight-and-a-half-point dog at Alabama, which is expected, I guess. Texas is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Baylor. They are a five-and-a-half-point favorite at TCU, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Kansas State, and a 17-point favorite at home against Kansas. So Vegas is saying, yeah, we think Texas is going to be the best team in the Big 12 next year, which they'll be, picked to be, they'll be picked to beat that. I just, I'm just not ready to go there just yet. Uh, they don't like Colorado. TCU a 21-point favorite week one against Colorado. And then Colorado's a seven-and-a-half-point dog on their home field week two to Nebraska. Vegas yeah, ain't going to be a rough Vegas start. ain't buying the CU hype for a second. Yeah, like I said, Vegas pretty smart. But I believe, uh, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Texas a favorite in every game outside of Bama last year as well? I can't remember if they were at Kansas State in Manhattan. They may have been. But that's, that's, normally, that's normally the case with them where they're favored – in like 10 or 11 games. Right, right. And when's the last time they won 11 games? 2009 would have been hmm. that year. Hmm. Interesting. Just want to make sure that we're, uh, you know, 
We're, we're paying attention to history. Any of those look tasty, by the way, on the OU side? Uh, what, were, what were those numbers? OU minus 6.5 at KU. OU minus 8.5 in Stillwater and Bedlam. OU minus 8 against TCU at home. Yeah, I think, I think our edge rushers are going to eat those tackles alive uh, in Stillwater. So give me OU to route OSU. And uh, I know you weren't asking about Texas, but 17 to Kansas? That's free money. It's been a scary game for those guys recently. It's free money. They in a rivalry him. game? They did destroy him last year in Kansas. It was pretty bad. But uh, rivalry games are for, uh, K- for Texas recently. Right, exactly. In a rivalry game, I think it's going to be closer to se- than 17. Yeah, so we, uh, we spent a bit of the day talking about who's most likely to be wide receiver one. We got Andrew Anthony as a response, Nick Anderson as a response. We even got a decent number of uh, people saying Brennan Thompson's number one. Feels like most people believe, though, that, yeah, as of right now, Jaleel Farouk is who most people think is going to be wide receiver one. And why is that? Because no one else clearly emerged as wide receiver number one through the spring. So let's just go with the most proven guy at that spot. Yeah, 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 proven commodity. And, you know, and Jaleel Farouk in caught a touchdown. Two in the bush. And Jaleel Farouk caught a touchdown in the spring game. So there's your hot take there that he was the best wide receiver. It was pretty slick too, you know. He went went down to block. They, uh, you know, Dylan pump faked it, you know, as if they were going to set up, you know, that short pass, and then Farouk just slipped him and uh, went right past the DB. But again, is that good for Jaleel? Was that bad for the defensive back? That's the that is the crux of the spring game argument. Is uh, did he look good or did he look bad? You know, but it's you know. Gibson's still getting a lot of looks. I, I think he may have tried to flip the fortune and be bad in the spring game this year so he could have a good season since huh. he was good in the spring game last year and had a bad season. So we'll we'll see. But we've just got too much talent in that room opposite Jaleel. Just too much talent for somebody not to rise at the top. And Emmett Jones, he can coach. I mean, he's been at places like Kansas and Texas Tech, but now he's got some opportunity to really deal with some – some star potential guys, I think he's going to make the most of it. Uh, now the spring ball's over. What's our big concern going into the offseason? O-line, interior defensive line, somewhere else? Feels like it'd be th- one of those two. For me, it's still interior defensive line, Tyler, because I, d- I don't often bet against the combination of Schmitty and Biedenboe. I think that is a fool's errand. Um, and I also think that we've got pre- – like, we've got – Guys coming back healthy, and you don't rotate that a lot, right? Like defensive line, you're rotating a lot, so you need that depth. And offensive line, you need depth just basically for injuries, right? So it's you have, obviously, Rouse coming back in plenty of time for the season, so there's your starting left tackle. You've got a good kind of fight at guard, obviously, with Mattire and and, uh, um, Caleb Schaefer and Savion Bird. Rames obviously uh, going to be your center, and then Tyler Guyton might be the best right tackle in the Big 12. So, I mean, you've kind of got that with a battle at guard and then an in-season battle once Jake Sexton comes back. Like, you're you're really dealing with, you know, a, a talented group at offensive line. Just got to get them healthy. Defensive line in the interior, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Bates can, can you know, Make his money. Yeah, 405, I think the defense is going to be better or going to get better. I think they were better last year than they have been. 
The offense concerns me this year. Um, Gibson's hands are questionable, says Don. Farouk and Gibson need to be more consistent catching the ball, says Drew from Flower Mound. Definitely Gibson more than Farouk. Not to say that Farouk is perfect because he's not, because he's not, but I, he's been more consistent at least uh, catching the ball up to this point. Someone asking, um, what's our feelings on special teams? What's your take on special teams? Depends on which side. Like the return game and the punt return game, I feel pretty. I feel good about it, especially if they have someone like Brennan Thompson back there who's got right. top-end speed. I think they could be really good in the return side of things. How do I feel at punter and kicker? Not nearly as confident. Uh, and, and I don't know what's going to give me a whole lot of confidence in the punters and kickers before the season arrives. I don't, I don't think that that scenario is out there. So, And the return side of things, the coverage side of things, I'm, I'm good right now. But in terms of making field goals and pinning teams inside the 10-yard line, like, yeah, I'm not – I'm uh, not – Super optimistic about that, I guess, right now. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen enough of special teams to be confident, like in the kicking game, to be confident with it. I do think we have plenty of weapons in the return game. I'm not necessarily as worried about that. But, you know, I, I kind of have a bit of a conspiracy theory from the spring game. I don't. I think he was told not to kick touchbacks. So they actually would have to take the, like actually feel the ball, like actually catch the ball, and not just let it run through the end zone because you don't re- you don't need to rehearse touchbacks in a spring game. You know what I mean? So that's a little a little tinfoil hatty. I get. I, it, ho- I hope that was the case. <laughs> it's it's tinfoil hatty. It's also uh, optimistic. <laughs> yeah, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the text line. Someone in the 405 says, can we get a shout-out to the Men's Golf Championship? Yeah, we did. Um, we'll give another one. Big 12, or excuse me, OU Men's Golf, back-to-back Big 12 titles. No big deal. They were the only team in Hutchinson, Kansas, to finish under par. Does Hutchinson, Kansas, is that's where it was at, right? Do they do they have a nice course there? Prairie uh, Dunes, is, yeah, that's very nice. Is it, is it Prairie Dunes where it was at? Okay. I was just like, oh, Hutchinson, nice. Kansas is a, uh, is a random spot to have the uh, Big 12 Championships at. But, hey. Uh, OU dominated under team to finish under par. What what did they win by? They won by double digit shots, correct? What was the final? Uh, it was like seventeen or eighteen, Jeez. I think. So they came I mean, in the was... day with like an eleven shot lead, right? So they even expanded well, and, that. And Tech got it close. I think uh, maybe as as some of uh, OU's golfers were just making the turn, uh, I think Tech got it down to six or seven, and then they just hit the gas down the stretch, and it was they ran away with it, and and Josie nailed that higher. Ryan Hibble um, might be the most underrated I mean, coach uh, on campus right now. He's won a title, back-to-back Big 12 titles. He's got things rolling up there. He's nailed that higher. I need to uh, I need to see what he's going to do with the uh, women's soccer program. I need him to make that higher um, just as good. But uh, wrestling. Ra- wrestling and uh, wrestling. So- uh, women's soccer. Or currently women's open. soccer. And women's soccer, you know, back-to-back top uh, recruiting classes in the Big 12. They've got a ton of talent on that team. Just uh, need to need to find the right coach for it, and uh, hopefully that's announced very soon. All right, keep the text line going. We'll get more college football coming up next right here on The Ref. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. Ever wonder why someone would go to the ends of the earth and leap into the unknown? Maybe a better question is, what are you waiting for? Pacifico is brewed for those who follow their own path. That's living life anchors up. 
how good does it feel to shop Lander Chevrolet of Norman? Huge savings are back good, like $5,000 off and 3.9% financing for 60 months on 2023 Silverado Crew Cabs, or take a total of $62.50 off MSRP. Plus, you get honest and transparent pricing, no surprise add-ons. So feel good and shop Lander Chevrolet of Norman and LanderChevroletNorman.com. Find new roads. Must finance with GM Financial. Offer for very well-qualified buyers. WAC. Sooner sideline reporter, Chris Plank. Am I a crazy person? And locked on Sooners, Josh Helmer. That is absurd. That is ridiculous. Are your late morning sports fix with the Plank Show. This is Peyton Bowen. I don't want to necessarily crown a guy yet, but that was one thing that jumped out quickly to me. And I kind of started to accept that this guy is a dude that it's not a reach to say that he can help out as a true freshman you know we try to be cautious about how we hype up guys because it's hard to get on the field as a freshman we've constantly said hey man it takes something really special to be a freshman and get an opportunity to start specifically in a brent venable's defense but in peyton bowen and what you saw kind of think that's one of those dudes that breaks that mold a little bit right Chris Plank and Josh Elmer with The Plank Show. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Ever wonder why someone would go to the ends of the earth and leap into the unknown? Maybe a better question is, what are you waiting for? Pacifico is brewed for those who follow their own path. That's living life anchors up. Hey guys, it's TJ here for my friends over at Joe's Wines and Spirits. When you need the best selection and affordable pricing on your liquor, check them out right here on the east side of Norman. One thing that makes Joe's so great is their monthly specials. Like this month on Basil Hayden Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Cuervo Authentic Margaritas, or Francis Coppola Wines. So when you're heading out to the lake on the weekend, or maybe getting ready to do some outdoor grilling and relaxing, make sure to stop by and see my friends over at Joe's. 1330 East Alameda, and make sure to follow them for their specials on Facebook. The staff of Primrose stands ready to serve families before and after the passing of a loved one. Call us today so that our staff can share with you how you are able to pre-plan all of your services in advance of a need. This will relieve your family and friends from having to make decisions on the hardest day of their life. Call us today at 405-321-6000. interrupt this call to bring you a special message. The The Big Big New New Yorker Yorker is back. Say hello to six extra large slices, big enough to hold more cheese on a crispy, fluffy crust that you've got to fold just to eat. I mean, you don't have to fold it, just a suggestion. Pizza is the preferred pizza of the Oklahoma Sooners. Order online now at PizzaHut.com and remember, no one out pizzas the hut. Need to upgrade your Kubota equipment but want to make sure you're getting the best deal? Great Plains Kubota helps you save when purchasing select Kubota tractors such as the legendary L2501 with a trailer. Plus, get even more discounts when you purchase implements with your Kubota. Come check out our package prices for great deals at Great Plains Kubota. When you want more than just a Kubota, you need the brand that serves. Great Plains Kubota. Visit gpkubota.com for the location nearest you. RG3 did the spring game on TV for Texas. He said he thinks they can compete for the title. Can they? Do you believe they have the personnel? 
Well, I think the, with the freshmen coming in, I think the biggest thing competing for a title is going to have to be is depth. You know, I think if they can stay healthy, I think that Alabama game is going to be a big game just because of perception. Yes. Uh, of playing well, either winning or playing them close. Because uh, I watched Alabama later in the year play against Kansas State, which we played in, in the bowl game. So I think that's really important. But I think that they have they have an opportunity because they started three freshman offensive linemen yes. last year. Yeah. All those grow up. They've added some really good skilled players. Uh, they lost some running backs, but they've they've got some good young running backs. And I think their wide receiver core and the quarterback. It's still like anything else. It comes down to uh, here's the quarterback making a difference at Texas. Uh, because if you're going to win a national championship, it's really going to come down to the quarterback play yeah. and playing good defense. So, uh, and they got we got better on defense last year, and I think they'll play the same or better this Still very weird to hear Gary Patterson say "we" in reference to the University of Texas. I know he's not there anymore. Um, he's not with the Texas football program this year, and not going to be again, but he said we there and talking about Texas. It's just uh, just doesn't feel right still. Yeah, it is a bit strange. I found it interesting. He said we're that they're going to be better, as good if not better on defense. Because it's interesting because before Patterson got there, they had really struggled. Then Patterson gets there, they're improved, especially against his former team. Coincidentally, and then now he's gone so i don't i don't know i don't know we'll see we'll see if there's a defensive drop off who knows it's all projection at this point no doubt but yeah it's it i just can't get over the you know i lost some running backs like that's so funny to me yeah just the understatement of the century (laughs) i've said it 15 times uh i well probably way more than that this year but Bijan robinson's the best running back that texas has had since ricky williams it's, so it's not just some yes. running back. Um, speaking of Ricky Williams, oddly enough, uh, I'm looking at a list right now from 24-7. Uh, top, tw- top 20 college football players of all time. And Ricky oh. Williams is listed as the seventh best player. Whoa! As the what? seventh best college football player of all time. Whoa, okay. Huh. That's something. I mean, Ricky was great. I mean, obviously he broke the record. While he was at Texas, but the seventh best player ever, I uh, I would put him in the top twenty. I just don't know if I'd put him uh, that easily inside the top ten. That is uh, that is peak off season content right there. Oh, buddy, yeah, that uh, is peak because uh, that, that'll get some people riled up, no doubt. Number seven, that's a bit high. That's a bit high. I'd probably have him around fifteen Archie. without without drawing a list out right now. Archie Griffin one, Herschel Walker two. Barry Sanders, three. Bo Jackson, four. Earl Campbell, five. OJ is at six. Ricky Ooh. Williams at seven. Jim Brown at eight. Jim Thorpe at nine. Yeah, there you go. Okay, okay, okay. Tim Tebow at 10. LOL. Cam mm-hmm. Newton at 11. Dick Buckkiss at 12. Joe Burrow at 13. Hugh Green at 14. Orlando Pace at 15. Uh, Coach Prime at 16. Derek Thomas at 17. Charles Woodson at 18, Boz at 19, Johnny Football at 20. So Boz is the only uh, former OU player inside the top 20 here. I I wonder how many OU fans even, and of course, you know, Boz is up there in easily the top three to four most beloved Sooners ever. Um, 
how many of them would say that Boz was the best OU player of all time? Uh, I mean, I mean we can, nobody we said got, it on the text line. We got 15 so. minutes here. I mean, you, you can ask. I, I would feel like most people would say that it's Leroy Selman. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's where I arrive. And, if I mean, and I may be just a prisoner of the moment, but what Kyler accomplished in one year is, I mean, obviously this is a longevity-type situation, guys that, you know, won national titles or were around a long time. But if you're looking at, like, single-season success, Kyler's would certainly be up there. Um, but but Leroy Selman would would absolutely be, like, oh, if, if they just let each school have one, Leroy Selman yeah. should be in the top five of that list. Yeah, Leroy should be in the top 20. He should be in the in the top 10 at least for sure. Um, Leroy Selman, greater than sign, Ricky Williams. How about that? And some other names that are listed in front of Ricky as well. That list is a joke, says the 405. Uh, Billy Sims was as good or better than the Boz. How about Leroy? Here's another Leroy. This one says love the Boz. So you're looking at the same text line as I am. I think most people in agreement that, yeah, it's Leroy. The is is who should be listed there more than anyone. But hey, I think the boss, I mean, should be listed in the top twenty as well. Like he's probably right where he needs to be in, inside the top, just inside the top twenty. I think that's fair. Right, and I and I think if you're putting Ricky Williams in and kind of, you know, in that, in, in, especially at number seven, I'm I'm surprised that Adrian Peterson isn't in it simply because of what he was what he was able to accomplish, you know, in his era and and really just not having any Stoops players on there is is kind of shocking for one of the most storied programs of all time um, and most successful programs of all time. I think Adrian I – would, I would put probably Adrian and Leroy both in the top 20. I could I – would, how about you? Who else from OU would you put in the top 20 if you had would – it, would it be the top two, be Adrian and Leroy, or who else? Um, I'm putting Baker in there. Um, I just think what he accomplished with some really bad mm-hmm. defenses is incredible. Like, I don't think that aspect of it gets talked about enough. Yeah, three-time it's, Heisman came, uh, finalist. Yeah, uh, one-time yeah. Winner. Made, made the playoff, what, twice? I know he didn't win a playoff game, but, I mean, the defenses that he had, I, I <laughs> not a whole lot of people can can say that, you know? So I put Baker in the top 20. I'm putting AD in the top 20. And then I would put Leroy Selman in the top 20 as well. I'm not going to put 10 former OU guys in there, but I'll at least argue three. Right. I mean, we should just choose from one of our multiple first-round picks that we or I mean, uh, number one overall picks. Uh, I did see Gerald McCoy uh, apologizing on Twitter earlier that he was not better than Ndamukong Sue, or else we would have had, I guess, one, two, and three that year. So, you know, he... Uh, he at least he, was, he apologized. At least yeah. he's remorse, you know? I mean... Hey, that, at least he acknowledges man. it, you know? Takes a big man, Tyler. List is nothing more than off-season clickbait. Actually, it says list is nothing more than off-season clickbait, but that too. <laughs> it is, yeah, it can be that. Uh, Roy freaking Williams, yes. Uh, Earl was much better in the pros. He was a bull, yes. Uh, blanket, they want Ricky that high, okay. He literally goes on podcasts and trashes Texas. I say give him a bigger platform. <laughs> he was working yeah, for the Longhorn Network, and he trashes them now on podcast. Ricky, come on the show, man. I I I got a I got a I got a platform for you. You come on here anytime. Yeah, absolutely. If we are uh, if we're trashing Texas, 
I think he should have been the number one player. Let's get him on a podcast. Uh, let's get him on 247 on with Wilt Fong and Pate and uh, let him talk all about it. Gee, they're going to hire him at the SEC Network or something. That'll be the worst <laughs> thing that happened in Texas in a while. Billy said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got all the responses here. Uh, Leroy Selman is, is who should be on there. The, the, the biggest snub on the list. And, of course, we just got to put Tim Tebow on there, Travis. No, no off-season to. top 20 list is complete without putting Tebow somewhere in the top 10. God bless him. Feel like they feel like they're going to get canceled or something if they don't put Tebow on there. <laughs> exactly. Final you. segment is next. We'll close it up on the other side. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. How good does it feel to shop Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman? Huge savings are back good, like $8,000 off the 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee or $6,800 off the 2022 Renegade and $5,500 off the 2022 Compass during the Jeep Celebration event. Plus, you always get honest and transparent pricing. No surprise add-ons. So feel good and shop Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman and LandersCDJRNorman.com. WAC, see dealer for details. This is Mark Van Hoos, owner of Van Hoos Fence. Van Hoos Fence has years of experience and proven superior performance, kind of like a certain head ball coach. We know Van Hoos Fence offers the best value and service for your residential, commercial, or sports fencing needs. Whether it's a new install or repair work, let Mark and his team at Van Hoos Fence be your trusted resource. Call us today at 405-735-1167. Save yourself from Googling it up. Go to vhfence.com. They will work with you in a great way. Hey, it's Chris Plank, and when I'm not calling games for the two-time defending national champion OU softball team, you can hear Josh Helmer and myself talk about him. We 